Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of We're In Between, the podcast that discusses about every single episode of As Told By Ginger once a week. Last week we discussed about the episode The Easter Ham, and this week we're going to be discussing about episode 46, which is called About Face. This episode debuted on May 23rd, 2004. Hey, that's my birthday. Huh. Yeah, so May 23rd, 2004, I would have been, um, I would have been 18. Holy crap. Wow. I'm such a long time ago, kids. So this episode, <laughs> so yeah, it, it debuted on May 23rd, 2004, and it was written by Emily Kapnick. In this episode, Dodie's mother gets a sub uh, gets a job substitute teaching at Dodie's school. Dodie feels betrayed when her mother starts hanging out with Courtney and the in crowd. Dodie later finds out that it may be a result of Joanne being crowned missed popularity as a kid. Meanwhile, Doctor Dave plans a propo- proposing to Lois, but the engagement ring gets stuck in Carl's finger. Blake uses this and the photos he took of Parrot World to ruin his relationship with Noelle. Also, Dr. Dave's mother comes to town and she and Lois don't make nice. Thank you so much for listening and we're in between. Someone once told me the grass is much greener. We have a lot of cool stuff planned for season three. Being proud of who you are no matter what you do. You definitely see the characters progress a lot more. They start growing up. I think Ginger and Darren are endgame. It is a masterpiece of an episode. Oh, it's the cattiest moment in the history of television. Trust me, everybody has been excited for our thoughts on it. Who's the girl in the pink capri? It's Courtney, it's Courtney! So yeah, basically this is the last episode of uh, As Told by Ginger, uh, right before we lead up to the third TV movie. So yeah, let's see how it transitions from this to uh, our third TV movie, which we'll be discussing about next week. So yeah, the episode pretty much begins with Joanne getting a phone call saying that she's going to be a substitute. Uh, she's going to be a substitute teacher over at Dodie's school, and uh, Dodie's a little bit embarrassed by it because oh, you know, she's the mom. She's you know, why is she going to be the substitute teacher? And I'm just going to let you guys know this right now. This plot point of you know Joanne being the substitute teacher never follows up in the episode. It's not like in Hey Arnold in which Olga becomes a teacher's assistant for um you know, for Helga and her class, in which she actually is there with the class and giving away tests and talking about, um, you know, various things and giving grades. No, we never see Joanne do that throughout this entire episode. Yeah, this episode is a beautiful train wreck. <laughs> that's that's how I feel about it. It is indeed a beautiful train wreck. I do really like this episode. It's, I think, my favorite Dodie episode of the entire series because she shows a level of self-awareness that we have not seen from her yet. And I doubt we will ever see again. Nope, you will never see this again, so get used to it. I know, it sucks. So, yeah, I think for the most part that, yeah, Dodie is self-aware about what's going on. And also another thing is that it definitely puts in the spot about this, you know, about popularity. Does it really matter in the end? Because when, um, when you know, Mr. Bishop brings up um, an old photo, uh, uh, an old school um, yearbook about how Dodie, I mean, about how Mrs. Bishop was never really popular. And that she's hoping that this opportunity to go back into Lucky Junior High will make her popular. It's 
it's actually pretty hysterical, but at the same time, kind of sad. It's following that trope about how, you know, adults want to relive their young age so that they can try to be cool. I mean, we've seen this with, like, the episode Rugrats in which Grandpa Lou wants to look a little bit younger so he can so he can be able to have a date with his old flame Morgana. Then there's the episode of Rocket Power in which Ray becomes incredibly, um, you know, uh, he, he feels like he's getting old. And so he decides to dress up in like hip hop clothes and start acting like a gangster, which kind of looks really awkward and uncomfortable. So yeah, this kind of plot point has happened before, but I've never seen it play so over the top as this. It's a lot. <laughs> That's for sure. So Mrs. Bishop trying to make everyone call her Josie was brutal. Among the many brutal things, I've got this great line from her. She's sitting at the cafeteria table with the popular girls who are so obviously just making fun of her. And she goes, and that was dope because trash bags can be mighty expensive, girlfriend. I burst out laughing. I, I mean, throughout this entire time when Joanne was going all 1980s cool girl, it just bursted. When I first saw her transformation into, like, Josie, in which she had, like, the 1980s hairstyle and the, the you know, kind of like the half t-shirt, and it was so freaking hilarious. I was like, you're not, you're, you gotta be joking. She's actually showing up as a substitute teacher looking like this not a professional where she's in a nice dress and she's carrying a bunch of books no she goes all full-blown breakfast club 16 candles insert john hughes movie here yeah that's a great comparison <laughs> And the, the, I did, I totally was along for the ride on this deception that, uh, Emily Kapnick put us on where, uh, Dodie's father, I believe, is showing her the old yearbook from when, uh, Mrs. Bishop was in school and you see a picture and it says Miss Popular and it was a girl named Josie. And it's like, oh, I guess she did go by Josie. And uh, then he turns the page and you see, no, she was missed popularity and she looks exactly like Dodie. <laughs> I know, it's so crazy. You know, it's like... Um, you know, it's like how we kind of laugh about how, you know, Hoodsy looks just like his dad, except a lot more dopier. But now we kind of confirm that, you know, um, uh, Dodie was a spitting image of Joanne when she was a kid. Yeah, it's, I didn't mind it. I've, on FNN, I've complained about parents as babies looking like kids, specifically Stu, uh, in Rugrats looking like Tommy when he, or sounding exactly like Tommy. I didn't like that choice, but that's neither here nor there. I thought that was a funny one-off gag, and we see that, uh, you know, at first I thought, oh, maybe she really was popular, and she's trying to live live that up again, but then you realize she's just trying to fill the hole that she never got filled from her awkward times in uh, in middle school. Yeah, and I'm glad that Joanne never really took it too far, like in Toddlers and Tiaras, in which, like, the mothers are forcing their kids to be, you know, winning pageants and looking pretty because they never had the chance to do it when they were kids. So I'm glad that Joanne never pressured Dodie into becoming popular because she herself was never popular. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, poor Dodie. It's one of the few times where I feel like her over-the-topness about it is completely valid. 
Sure. So yeah, let's go over to Carl and Hoodsy's plot. Well, this time yeah. it's Carl and Dr. Dave's plot this time with a mixture yeah. of Blake and Polly and Noel. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a mess, but still um so we go over to Carl and Dr. Dave and they're purchasing a ring because Dr. Dave wants to propose to Lois and see if she is willing to marry him. And so while they're over in the ring shop, they try this ring on and it gets stuck into Carl's finger. They can't pull it out. They try everything that they can and they're thinking, okay, we're going to pull this ring off and then we'll give it back to you when we have the chance. And so Blake decides to take this as an advantage point saying like, oh, look, Carl is wearing a, an engagement ring. So that means he must be engaged to Polly Schuster. So he takes a picture of that mixed up with the pictures of him playing with Polly that we saw in the episode Wicked Game and he's going to present it over to Noel saying like guess what you're no longer Carl's girlfriend Polly is Carl's girlfriend now because <laughs> that's how that works right <laughs> yeah exactly that's how that works I mean as we've seen throughout this entire series in which like oh if you see something that means that it's actually true because <laughs> that's how that works right <laughs> we'll definitely get to the outcome of that next week so stay tuned for that so uh, yeah, so with that out of the way, let's discuss about what I think is probably the worst thing about this episode, and one of the worst thing in this series, Dr. Dave's mom. Oh, it's rough. She's so over the top, and, you know, it's hinted at because he makes some reference to, like, a blood-sucking vampire that'll ruin everything in your life, and uh, it turns out that he's really... She's like, your mother? And he goes, no, the patient in room whatever. And, you know, clearly he did mean his mother. And it's... Oh, I think she's funny, but she's so over the top. Oh, uh, she's awful, by the way. She... She... she the, the, the stuff that she does... Holy crap. You When you see what happens throughout the the, the remaining part of the series... It's bad. It's like Miranda and Mipsy bad. It's It gets worse. So, yeah, I'm not going to say anything other than that, but it gets worse for Dr. Dave's mom. But for this episode, she, you know, plays off the stereotypical thing about like, oh, she doesn't like, you know, the, you know, her son's new girlfriend because of various reasons. Whether it because, oh, you know, the, you know, your buns are burning in the oven or the chicken is greasy or whatever. You know, constantly complaining, being a perfectionist. And... Just the even the look and design of her is just so somber. Like she she looks like she's never smiled in her life, and she does smile in the series, and it's actually pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, this was an interesting sort of culmination of the episode. Lois meeting the terrible mother. Yeah, and once again, similar to what we love about uh, you know the the plots in A Soul by Ginger, they actually do come together. So Noel is so Noel after Noel sees the um, the picture of Polly and Carl together, as well as the engagement ring from Carl's finger. Then uh, she thinks, oh, I'm going to confront him once and for all. Well, at the same time, all of the popular girls are going over to Do um, are going over to Dodie's house. And they are, you know, asking they're, they're I know they go over to Ginger's house first to try to see if they can, you know, try to talk to, um, you know, try to convince Dodie, Dodie's mom that, you know, she's acting like really insane. And guess who we see in the background in this in this group of girls? We see Hope Rogers. Good old Hope Rogers. <laughs> yeah, it's just a shame that she only just shows up in the background as opposed to I like know, saying anything. I know. 
Oh, well. Oh, also, question for you. Was that Cree singing the montage music? Really sounded like it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, you know, Cree sung the, you know, the theme song in the earlier episodes right before it was given to Macy Gray. So I would I wouldn't be surprised. But she sounded like good and not in a Miranda voice. Yeah. Well, I mean, even with the theme song, she sounded like, you know, Cree Summer would sing. That's true. You're right. Yeah. I guess we can finally go over to um, when uh, Ginger, um, Courtney, Miranda, and the rest of the girls go over to Dodie's house. And uh, Dodie, I mean, uh, Ginger picks up a, um, no, Courtney picks up a rock to see if she can get Dodie's attention. And it actually hits Mipsy's eye, which guess what? That'll actually follow up in next week. Oh, really? <laughs> so they have continuity with that, but not with Ginger getting in a huge fight with her best friends. <laughs> Priorities, guys, come on. I'm I'm still sad. But yeah, anyway, so continuing on. So Dodie is just reading a book in her room, and then she finds out that Ginger and the rest of the popular girls are, you know, at her backyard. And so they start to talk to um, her about how Joanne is just acting completely over the top and that they never really liked her in the first place and that she's just incredibly clingy, trying to be incredibly popular, but it's it's just like not working. And so then Dodie had to break up to, um, you know, to Joanne saying, like, you're not cool, mom. It was all a lie. Yeah, it's some harsh truths there. But I really think Dodie shines in this episode. And it's uh, the, one of the few positive portrayals of her character. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely goes to show you that I think Dodie has come a long way from season one and two in which she was begging to be popular. She wanted to be popular. She was willing to do anything to get any recognition. But here, it actually shows us that, guess what? I don't really care too much about it anymore, and you shouldn't either, Mom. Yeah, it's actually nice to see Dodie come a long way since then. Absolutely. It's a, a ton of growth, and yeah, you said it well, that she's finally abandoned her sort of delusions of popularity, and she says something along the lines of, you know, I've been a nobody, and I don't, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Absolutely, which is actually a pretty strong first step to a major growth for Dodie. It's just a shame that it didn't go anywhere in the later season, in the later episodes of the series. So right, that's disappointing. Yeah. Well, anyway, continuing on. So Ginger comes back home after dealing with the whole, you know, Josie's not popular. We don't want her around situation. So she goes back home. She introduces herself to Doctor Dave's mom, and then everything starts spilling out when Noel shows up right out of nowhere and accuses. Um, you know, Carl, that, you know, she, uh, that he's seeing Polly and that he has the wedding ring. And then Dr. Dave's mom is wondering about what's going on. And then he, then Dr. Dave confesses, he's like, no, this is um, not his wedding ring. I'm not, you know, this is not his wedding ring. This is mine. I, and I'm going to propose to Lois. And then Dr. Dave's mom was like, what? What are you trying to say, David? And then finally, when, you know, Noelle is taping the whole thing, and then Lois pretty much covers it saying like, oh man, I, I need to answer this without anybody recording me. And then we get into the end credits where it plays out to a song called Diamonds Are Expensive, looking like similar to James Bond. And we kind of assume, seeing the silhouette, that Lois says yes to the proposal. Yeah, it's a, a lovely ending. 
I I really enjoyed it, and I I wish them the best. I think they're amazing. Yeah, and uh, according to our interview with Mark Grizzly, he says that this is one of his favorite episodes that he got to work on, and he absolutely loves the end credits song. Yeah, that was that was really cool too. That they've gotten pretty creative with those over the course of the show. So yeah, I guess uh, that's there's not really much to say about this. So I guess we can give our ranking of yay, nay, or meh. Sure. I'm interested in hearing yours on this one before I solidify mine, but I think I've, I know. Sure. Absolutely. I think this is a yay. I think that this is a strong Dodie episode. Um, I think that it really builds up on her character of how much she has changed over the course of the show. It definitely is a nice indication that, um, you know, we got to see a different perspective of Joanne being incredibly over-the-top ridiculous as opposed to, like, incredibly overreacting to things like we've seen her do in episodes such as Lunatic Lake or The Easter Ham in which it comes it comes across as really frustrating but in this one it actually is pretty humorous even though that basically just building up to a, like a big gigantic lie and then of course you know leading up to um you know that wonderful ending where you know both Joanne and Dodie realize that popularity isn't everything which is a great message for everybody especially if they're struggling with um you know wondering if you know should I w worry about being popular or being noticed to have people like me and uh, the Carlin Hoodsy plot was pretty fine too uh you know I, uh, you know it does follow up to wicked game in which um you know, when um, Blake presents the pictures over to Noelle, and then Noelle does a little bit of investigating in her own right, and then she realizes that it was just nothing more than a big misunderstanding. So, yeah, I give it a slight yay. Yeah, th that's actually exactly what I was going to do as well. This one's a yay for me. It's a little more lukewarm yay, but it is not a mad, it's not a nay, it is a yay. Uh, I love, I thought Aspen did a beautiful job on this episode. I thought the writing was great. Both plots interested me. Uh, we got, you know, well, really, we have, like, three plots at this point. Well, okay, it was really only two here. I'm thinking, like, the adults, Carl, and Ginger. But, you know, it all came together in such a beautiful way, and I'm excited to see, as we're starting to get our momentum towards the end of the series, just how this is going to wrap up, because I can't say I'm sure. Yeah. I definitely do agree, and trust me, there will be a lot more twists and turns along the way. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, next week we'll have the TV movie Butterflies Are Free, and we'll see you next time. Diamonds are expensive. They are sparkly but expensive. They can't make a woman love you. But I'm of the mind that if she's so inclined, it might help seal the deal. Diamonds are expensive.